Hey man, hello and welcome to Relax Mail. All right, so today we're going to be talking about suffering. Where does it come from? Why do we suffer at, at, to begin with? And we're going to start that, kick that all off with a little bit of a, maybe a tirade, if you want to look at it that way. So anyhow, talk about that today on episode 19 of Relaxed Mail. Welcome to Relaxed Mail, a podcast that helps men change their relationship with themselves. I am your host, Brian, and I am a men's life and mindset coach who is here to help you understand that you don't have to suffer at your own expense. You can live your dream, and I encourage you to set, then pursue your goals. So join me as I change the mindset and attitudes of men so that they can be the leaders of their families and their destiny. Hey man, hello and welcome to Relaxed Mail. All right, so today I'm inside. We're having to, it's not because I'm locked down on quarantine or anything. I just um, try to keep a as quiet of a uh, of an environment as I possibly can. But yet at the same time today, I've got a, I've, we've got a, a kitten who has decided that his midnight crazies are happening uh, around noontime. So may hear the occasional boom, crash, rustle, or anything else like that. As you ignore it. Also, I'm wanting to test out a a new setup. I'm wanting to get more things going on in uh, in the YouTube channel, but I've been using just my iPhone and as to record the podcast, which and it comes out and makes I like how it sounds. But I want to see if I can tweak the uh, the audio and make it just a little bit better, maybe a little more richer, a little a little more vibrant. Um, and to do that, I'm actually switching back over to using a camcorder and using my uh, my shotgun uh, shotgun mic, seeing what that sounds like. So this may come out and it may sound really horrible, and may come out and sound absolutely incredible. We're gonna find out. Uh, I still will be taking this, still having the regular. Uh, regular podcast mp3 format but it will also be having a video format that'll go up and uh, be released uh on on thursday uh thursday mornings probably about the same time that the podcast itself is released that way just kind of keep it all on the same line don't want to have somebody have you know that feel superior than another so anyhow with that um How's your uh, apocalypse going? Holy smokes, man. It is just a, it's taking a lot of getting used to. Um, and I find that the, uh, steps that people are taking are, I really don't, <laughs> now, this is all my opinion. I really don't see them causing as much or increasing this level of safety nearly as much as a lot of people think I actually, uh, it seems like all the measures they're taking are actually meant more just to make you feel safe, have nothing to do with safety. Uh, but the corner store that I go to, uh, to grab a Coke and other things from time to time, they just, I guess this last week put up just a plexi, hung a plexiglass piece of plastic, uh, plastic plexiglass from a ceiling. And they're calling that good at the moment. Problem is, you can 
pass through. You can talk to people. You can lean around. You can do a whole lot of stuff, and it's not going to make the issue better, any better. The other problem is that I am cash based. <laughs> yeah, I have a, a debit card. I have and and all that, but I keep track of my money better when I have cash in hand. So it is. I have to go and I have to pass money out to someone and then they get the change back. None of that is done in any quote unquote sanitary form. So there's still a passing of potential virus from one person to the next. I've seen videos of a person who was making an example of what some people do. You see them, they go through, they put their gloves on, they put their mask on. And stuff, they go in the store and they walk around, they grab with them, go and grab a Coke and they take the Coke and they set it down on the, on the counter. And the person takes the, uh, or, and a bag of chips, say they grab a bag of chips. The person has to grab the bag of chips. He, they have to scan it, set the bag back down, grab the, uh, uh, enter in the, the amount, get the total. You hand them the cash. They give you your change back. They grab it all up. They go to their car. They set everything on the car. They open the door. They grab the stuff, set it the cup in the cup holder, set the chips in the seat. Um, start the car up, turn the air conditioner heater on, turn, set the radio station and adjust it. And then they progress to take everything off. All right. Big folly in that. Yeah, you if you have coronavirus, the uh, the Wuhan flu on your fingertips from grabbing it from the money. Well, first off, you've got now your the rest of your money's uh, in quote unquote infected, uh, contaminated. That's the word I'm looking for. But also, you have you got everything um, everything else that's that's going on. This whole six foot line, all right, where you have to stand six feet apart. You've actually got a uh, the re- the McDonald's that we have over in our <laughs> in our Walmart has got a line where you're supposed to stand behind. And so now you and the cashier have to do this dance of where he's, you step forward to give them the money, you step back, you stand there until somebody, until they get their food, uh, get the food ready and all that. And usually the guy who hands you the food doesn't have gloves on. Not that it matters that you have gloves on or not, because you're, if you have gloves on and you've touched something, then you've got, you know, contamination from whatever it is you touched on the bag, which goes to you. So it's the, Worrying about all this, worrying about whether or not you're going to get it and you're going to pass it on and how you've got people now running around screaming at other people because you're not, you're not supposed to be quarantining away and you're supposed to, you know, you got California and New York. New York's in a hotbed right now. And it's all because of the very same thing that I'm talking about. Yeah. They make little steps to make the, to make the impression of safety evident. But it's not that it's doing any good. You, you're still having to touch stuff. You're still having to grab things. You're still having to bring stuff in. And if they wanted to be truly, uh, sterile and they wanted to make sure everything, there was no trans, transmitting of, of the uh, Wuhan flu to anybody in particular. I mean, there would be, you know, maybe a, a peroxide bath. <laughs> I don't know if that would be pretty good or not. They eat everybody's skin away. But, you know, anyhow, you got a, a mist of some type of antiseptic, anti, antibiotic, you know, mist that would go, you would walk through and you would have to scrub, get yourself all scrubbed down and then you'd need to suit up. And these are all things that most of us people are not about to do, especially here in the U.S. Now, other countries, they may, you know, 
They may have no problem with it. They may have the government go, you're going to do this or you're going to, you know, you're going to go away. But in the U.S., we are used to having several types of freedom. And yeah, we're making concessions right now. We did the same type, exact same concessions um, when it comes to wearing a mask and and things like that. We're fixing, I don't know if you, I know in Laredo, Texas, they've now got a $1,000 fine if they're caught walking around outside of a vehicle or outside your house without a mask on. Um, there's, uh, I think New York's about to do this. Uh, and, and so all these people are, and we're now stepping up to where we're getting masks. Eventually, you know, we're probably going to start seeing people walking around with garbage bags and, and, and stuff. And, you know, it, it's going to get to the level of absurdity. I don't, it's not that I don't like the fact that they, uh, the cashiers are trying to, or the stores are trying to make you feel safe. That's fine. Give us the impression of safety if you want it, but don't think that you're being safe. The problem is not that you're going to be protected from, you know, this COVID-19, this, the, the coronavirus. You're going to be, you're, there's still a chance as any, with the moment you step outside your house that you're going to come within someone sneezes and they're saying this, uh, Contaminated particles for a sneeze can travel up to something like 27 feet. It's incredible. Of course, I mean, they're, you're pushing out air at 100 something odd miles an hour. So yeah, that make, would kind of make sense, but still sneeze particles can travel, you know, 27 feet. So if you sneeze and you're not covering your face, then, you know, you've got, you've got issues that come that are going to be, uh, you're going to be contributing this, this problem to all sorts of from the, so you're not going to have the the impression of safety. Anytime you go out and there's air around, you're, there's always going to be a chance that you're going to catch this virus. Now, I understand why we're trying to take the steps that we take to mitigate because you have, you've got that classic bell curve of the, as the virus infects, it infects more and more and more and more and more, and more until it can affect, until it hits the peak and it can infect as many people as it possibly could, because we're starting to develop, you know, we've got our antibodies that are kicking in and starting to produce a resistance to the, to the virus. And so the number of cases start to dry out, drop off until they come to zero. Hopefully we can dream at least till it gets to zero. And then when winter time comes, they come back up, but you've got people who are, you know, we're shutting down, down playgrounds. Okay. I get it. Yeah. Kids are, are just, you know, walking, Battling uh, uh, petri dishes, so they're you know they're always covered in some type of germ. There's snot hanging out of their nose, running down their chin. They got drool on their chin. You know, you've got the babies and you've got the 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 the, the younger kids, and then you got your tweens and and teenagers, which aren't going to hang around the play say uh, PlayStation right or playground. But they, there's always a there's, but they they take out the whole fact that some people act like and we had an issue where in my hometown where a lady was throwing a fit because a lady went th- over to the playground at the school because the 
schools shut down. She tore the everything, everything, uh, tore the cautionary tape off so the kids could go play. And she's like, they're spreading it to everybody. Well, apparently not spreading it to everybody. And this is what I want to get into. And that's the whole reason why I've started out with this triad because one, I just got a vent because there's just, it's gotten out of hand, uh, in my book. It's not, it's, it's not providing a safe layer. It is providing a impression of a safe layer. And that's not, if you want to be safe, be safe. That will drive everybody home. If they have to go off to go to Walmart and they have to suit up like an astronaut, guess what? No one's going to go to freaking Walmart. They will, they'll, they'll start out, go out and start uh, poaching deer to have food and have meat in their, in their freezers. So, if you were to take the actual steps that you want to take, you would take, I mean, it would, it's uh, to take the steps to be truly safe it are one, are steps that, I mean, that's re- one reason why we still have passwords one, two, three, four, because so many people don't care to take safety and security as, as seriously as the IT managers would like for us to do because security and safety is really a hassle. Um, there's, I could go into, to, and I'm, I'm not going to, but it's, you can go in, you can look at reports of companies that have started safety programs to, and have shown that once you start up a safety program, there's more accidents that start happening. Why? Because people have the impression of safety. It's not that it's actual safety. But what is all this actually about? Well, it's about us causing our own suffering. We, you know, we are suffering because of this virus. You hear people suffering because, because they don't know what they're going to do about this virus. What if they get it? Well, yeah, that's a good question. What if you get it? Well, there's a lot of different answers you can have about whether or not, whether or not you actually get it. Are you, what happens if you have it? Well, you, we don't know. There's like eight different strains of this, uh, virus floating around the, uh, around the world right now. And, Apparently, some of the strains just, you know, don't do anything. Other strains will kill you. And it just really depends on on uh, luck of the draw in all reality as to whether or not you get a, a light case or, or a, a life-threatening case. And we're, I, we're, I know the hospital's trying to keep that, 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 uh, that bell curve down to, uh, to suppress the, uh, the peak. But at the same time, if everybody is still going to be getting it, that just means that when you suppress the peak, the peak lasts a lot longer. So there's, we're, we're, we make our own suffering because of, uh, of us resisting. And this, and this happens in your own life too. So if uh, you're, say you're trying to lose weight and you are, you're trying to cut back the amount of calories that you take in and you're used to eating, you know, first breakfast, second breakfast, you know, you have lunch around one o'clock, you have a snack at four and then you have a great big supper at six. Well, there's a lot of calories being dumped into your system through that. So a lot of people, what they try to do is they try to fight against those urges and they cause that, that friction of resistance. And that friction is 
comes in the effect of suffering. We create our own suffering because we're not willing to accept the different signals that we're receiving. We're not used to feeling, you know, even slightly hungry. And that's okay. We should be allowing ourselves to feel even just a slightly bit hungry. I fight through that. I'm still trying to to lose some weight. I've lost a little bit, but not anything that makes me want to stand up, take my shirt off and go and flex. But there is, we all fight through urges instead of allowing those urges to sit and be. We actually are resisting and that creates a, a suffering in our life. Uh, we also cause suffering when we're trying to, you know, we're trying to, to control our adult children. Uh, say, like my son, he is getting ready to, uh, try to come back home. He's been in California for a while and he's fixing to try to, you know, try to come back home, but he doesn't know if he's going to be able to. Um, we want to try to coerce or have our son go in a particular direction and he wants to go in a different direction. That, the fact that we are, as a, as parents, don't want him to, you know, to take a bad step. And you've had these instances with your son, I'm sure, where you don't want them to do something. So when I, I had, we had a huge problem with, uh, or what I perceived to be a problem with my son. He was, uh, he liked to drink when he was uh, in high school. And... We know as adults the problems that are going to come up with a teenager who is who is drinking. So we did what we could to try to keep him from it. But at the same time, it caused a lot of hassle for me. It caused a lot of hassle for him. And my face is itching for some reason. It caused a lot of hassle for him. And this would cause lots of fights and lots of suffering in itself. We trying to force our will upon him. And he was trying to exercise his own will and that clash. And not just as long as he's not doing something that will get himself killed. There's, there's times where you, we actually need to let our kids experience life and all of the hard knocks that come along with it. And he has done, (laughs) he has done that. He is, found himself, you know, on the wrong side of a uh, of a jail cell once and he learned from it. He learned really quick. That's not where I want to be. Um I and I've done the same thing. I've, you know, I quickly learned I don't need to be trusted with checks because I just wrote checks like they were, you know, like they were going out of style and found myself in jail for for writing a hot check. Um it's we do stupid stuff. And a lot of times, yeah, we can tell them, tell somebody, tell our sons that, Hey, it's not a good idea to, uh, to do this, but you have to be able to be okay with the decision that they make. If you want to quit your suffering, you have to accept that your son being an adult or even being a, a, you know, 16, 17, 18 year old. Well, and, and to us, to a good extent, even, even younger from the tweens on up to 11, 12, 13 year olds, they have, you can tell them, Hey, this is not a good idea. You don't need to be doing this. We're not going to be doing that. And you can explain. And that's one thing a lot of us parents fail to do. We try to use, uh, different types of fear based coercion to get people to, to get our kids to 
mind does. Instead of just setting them down and laying out the facts and letting them learn from their own mistakes. No, you don't need to be drinking because one, you're going to get yourself in trouble. You're going to get, you know, and we lay out all those. And yeah, your son, if he's anything like mine, will come up with as many different reasons as to why he won't. But you have to let them experience that, have that experience, whether you like it or not. A lot of times what we fear and what I, and particularly what I feared, uh, was the reflection of what it would have upon me. What would people think of me? But thankfully to people like Brooke Castillo and several other great coaches and, uh, and podcasts out there, I've come to realize that all that is just an opinion. They can have every thought in the world they want to have of me. It has no effect on who I am. That's just their opinion of me. It has nothing to do with what, um, it has no, no forbearance on, on me. Yeah. Some people may like me because, you know, my son was a wild child, which he, uh, in all reality, he wasn't. He was, but he did, you know, he did go out and he did stupid guy stuff from time to time. And so, but because I resisted that, made a lot of problems. And the problem with, with um, suffering is that it can erode like like friction itself. The friction of resistance and and suffering can erode lines of connections, lines of communication. And that's what, actually what happened. There's a lot of times where I would find out that my son was going to someone who was, in my opinion, not a very good person to be going, hitting their, uh, hitting up uh, for advice on, on what to do in life. And would, you know, it was my, my reaction of going, well, why didn't he come to me? Well, because that line of communication wasn't open. He was, knows I'm going to try to force him and control him to go in a different direction. And he knows what direction he wanted to go. He just wanted to get some information about it. Um, and I realized once my son graduated from high school and he got himself out into the real world and started realizing that he did the stuff that he did, a lot of it came true. I realized the, at that time that I was in the completely wrong uh, mode of parenting. There's the parenting. There's you know the the toddler, the baby to the to uh, to about two years old or about a year old when they start being coming mobile, and that's when you have to really start actually parenting. So you have to actually you know make sure they're not pulling stuff on top of them, trying to use the television stand to, to stand up. You have to really, you know, you have to pick them up and physically move them. You're, you're, there's a lot of, of hands on actual parenting. Well, when a kid becomes, turns into from the tweens, uh, up to about 14 years old, there's a space in there where you actually need to transition from parenting into mentoring. And that's what a lot of us dads have a problem with. We cause our own suffering because we, are still trying to parent someone who doesn't want, doesn't need parenting anymore. They need to be mentored. They need to be shown. They need to be guided. But at the same time, 
like uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice, he's going to have to grab a hold of the uh, Merlin's. He's going to get a chance to grab a hold of Merlin's hat from time to time, and he's going to try to make the brooms do the uh, do all the work and screw stuff up. And that's life. That's part of it. And you have to be okay with the fact that he's going to, your son's going to fail. Your son's going to, to do really, really dumb, stupid stuff. Hopefully nobody gets hurt in it. But at the same time, you can be there to be a guide and you can direct him and show him the right path to take. He can choose to take the wrong path. And if he does, you still have to figure out and learn and teach yourself how you're going to be okay with the fact that he's on a path, or if he does take a path, say he gets uh, uh, becomes addicted to what's a horrible thing to be addicted to, meth or or heroin. Well, you lay out the boundaries of what that is, and say, hey, if you are you're an addict, there's no, you're not coming into the house, or. If it's early on and you find out that he's got it, you, you know, you'd say, you're not doing that in the house. If you want to do it, you know, two blocks away, you know, over at, uh, over at your, your dealer's house, then, oh, I mean, I can't stop you. I mean, we have no power to stop a person to do, from doing what they want to do. That's something we don't, we, us as parents like to think we have the power to do, but we don't. And that's where, again, that's that fact that we fight against what we are is out of our power causes that suffering, causes the anguish and the, uh, and all the feelings that go with that, the self hate and, and all that. And all that suffering is quickly removed when you, he's going to do what he wants to do. He knows the ramifications of what's going to happen. If you've laid them out, you're not coming in. If you come in here with that, I'm going to ask you to leave and you can try coming home again next week. And he may couch surf for the week. He may be homeless for the week. He may be living in his pickup in the, uh, in the parking lot of Walmart for the week. You know, he may be somewhere, but where that is, is in all reality, none of your concern. Especially when he's an adult. Uh, if he's, you know, if he's still under the age of 18 and is, uh, and is still, you know, part of your, part of your household, then yeah, there's different things, there's a different things you can do. You still give them the space to learn while also still trying to help them show them, Hey, I, you can't be doing this. But. Like a lot of times, uh, say you want your, uh, you want your son to call you every Saturday or you want, uh, to know what's going on with them and they don't want to tell you. Well, you're going to have to be okay with them not telling you everything that's going on. You don't tell your parents everything that's going on in your life. So you, so trying to force somebody, trying to control someone in that way is actually very, is, it, Causes a lot of problems. That's where a, lo- a root of a lot of our suffering comes from. Even though what we're trying to do is for their best, we're doing it out of love. But at the same time, if it was truly, as I said, I've said before, when it comes to love or any other emotion, my son can't feel the love I have for him. Now, I can express my love in several different ways, but 
he can take that action and make it mean whatever he wants it to mean. I can, you know, uh, give him a hug and he can take that as, um, I don't know, as, as me restraining him from going out. We can also take, uh, me having a, a, a conversation about what's going on and he can take that and interpret that any way he wants. He could say that he's, uh, that I'm trying to, to, uh, to guide him in a, in a better path. Or he could take it and he could interpret it as I am trying to keep him from his friends. Well, I could, it could be, I'm trying to talk him into finding other friends. You know, it's, you know, so these are things that could be happening and are not, can be interpreted in two separate different ways and can create a completely different set of emotions. So you have no control over what your son's feeling as same as your son has no control over yours. Now, your son may stomp around and say, well, you pissed me off. Oh, well. I didn't do anything. I have made you not, I did not make you feel the particular way you did. I, your choices made you what you, the, do what you want to do. And so this is where, as a parent, yeah, we may cause suffering, but that's where we have to accept the consequences as much as what the kid has to, has to accept. And yeah, they may want to go off and try to wallow in, in victimhood and you have to kind of guide them and go, no, dude, you chose to, to, you know, buy a thousand dollars worth of speakers instead of paying your electricity and your rent. So no, you don't have a place to stay. That was your choice. That's yeah. You've got a really cool sound system, but you don't have any place to live. So there's those little little bits. Yeah. His actions created his suffering because he wanted to resist the responsibility. So his suffering is because of him. And you're a lot of times your suffering. Well, it's not a lot of the time. It's all the time. All, the suffering that you feel is strictly dependent upon you and how you look and perceive the, uh, the events at, at the time. Another way that we actually cause suffering is a, uh, is a problem that I have a lot. And that is we look to the past. There's a reason why a, in a car, you have this giant, uh, uh, windshield and a little bitty rear view mirror. What's happening in front of you is a lot more important than what's happening behind you. Yeah, it's good to kind of pay attention and understand what's going on behind you, but there's a lot more going on in front of you. And so you want to, you want to reflect on the past, but to dwell in the past is a, is a problem that a lot of people who have a victim mindset, people who uh, have a scarcity mindset, really focus in on. They zoom in on that little rear view mirror instead of paying attention to the fact that they're careening towards a wall. They're looking at what they've lost instead of what they they have a tendency have the ability to actually gain have the ability to actually gain in in uh ahead of them, coming up at ahead of them. So you're we cause suffering because of so many different factors, but a lot of it is because we resist. We don't want to look at what's coming at us. We don't want to look at what's, uh, what's our fault. What's our, we don't want to take the responsibility for our actions and we resist. And the resistance, like I said, is, um, is the friction and that friction produces 
the uh, the suffering that we have in our life. So to wrap up and and kind of close this up, this is a this is something that really makes uh, a huge difference in your life. The moment you can step back and you can mentor your son, if you can step back and you can mentor your adult son, you mentor your wife or mentor, mentor the other people around you instead of trying to control them or trying to resist their decisions. The lack of resistance gets rid of that suffering. If you can accept the choices that they've made and accept that, okay, he's living by himself. He's living uh, in the pickup right now. But he still has a job. He still knows he has to work. He's realized he fell on his face. My son will get up and go. And now my son's not homeless right now. My son is actually, he was uh, working for a construction company building docks uh, when uh, in between uh, fishing season. So if you're curious. So um, and he's trying to figure out the best way of being able to get up to, up to California, or not up to California, but up to where the, uh, uh, the, the fishing, uh, for salmon season. So he's, uh, but he's got, we've got a lot of, he's got some business he has to do over here in Oklahoma. So he's trying to get back over here and see if he, see if he can actually make it over here. So that's what he's been doing, uh, research on for the past, uh, past couple of days. So he, he, but he's learned <laughs> a lot from just the fact that I stepped back and allowed him space to do what he wants to do. And because of that, he has been able to mature a lot faster and mature a lot greater and made my life a lot easier because I'm not suffering for the sake of him. So I'm with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, if you like the, uh, this podcast or, uh, if you like this podcast, please, if I would like for you, if you could go to, um, the uh, podcast app of your choice and subscribe. Uh, you can go to relaxmail.com forward slash pod chaser, and that will take you over to the pod chaser website. And that allows for uh, Android users and Mac OS users or iOS users, both to be able to go in to rate and review uh, the, the podcast. If you're an iOS user, please go to, uh, go to iTunes and jump through the uh, myriad of hoops that it takes to actually make, uh, jump through the myriad of hoops that it takes for you to actually be able to write a review. But, and, uh, leave a, leave a five star. It would be great, but it's not, not a requirement. And it's not to help us find, uh, to, to get us in front of a lot of more people like some folks believe. It's just as a, so that when people come to look, they can see, oh, this has got four and a half, five stars and it's been reviewed by 35 people. So it must be pretty decent because it's the way that the, I know the way the iOS algorithm works. It's not based on, uh, on ratings and reviews. It is based upon subscriptions. So if you do were to go ahead and click subscribe, uh, in there also, it would help get us into, uh, into more, uh, in front of more eyes. So <laughs> a long way of, of going, uh, subscribe, follow, uh, you can go to, uh, to relaxmail.com forward slash subscribe. And you can see if your, the app of your choice is listed there. You can, and it easy one click, uh, or sometimes two click follow, uh, try to make it as streamlined and easy for you as possible so that you're able to, to be, um, 
you're able to get every episode that comes out as they come out every every Thursday around three o'clock in the morning. So, again, thank you again for uh, listening. And guys, y'all take care. Breathe easy. Hug your family. Stay close. Um, mentor. Don't don't lord over over everybody. And see how well things run a little better this time. All right. So till next week, you take care, and we will see you then. Bye.